Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. It's Q&A Tuesday. I've got some good ones for you today. I First, I'm going to tell you something. This morning, I got my haircut, which was it's been a long time. I needed a haircut. So I took the morning. I booked off my calendar from clients. I was at the salon getting my haircut, and a mom came in, and she asked the owner, do you have time to fit me in for a pedicure, and can I just feed my baby first? Because my mom, the baby's grandma, is going to just stroll the baby around the parking lot for a while while I get a pedicure. And I thought that was just the loveliest thing that grandma was going to do this and that mom took that time to come in and get herself a pedicure and not stress that it just meant her baby was going to have to have a nap in the stroller while grandma strolled her around. Everybody wins there. The point of this is just, I smiled because I thought, yes, like sometimes we just have to get out of the house. We can't stress about always being at home for every single nap. Sometimes we need a morning to ourselves. If you have a beloved grandma or uncle or friend who's willing to come and stroll your baby around a mall or a parking lot to get them a nap quietly while you take some time to yourself. That is so great. So it really put a smile on my face while I was sitting there getting my hair cut to hear this mom taking that time to hear grandma just helping out in that way to get her own daughter a break. So it was lovely. Mom was able to just give her, it was a three month old, just a quick feed. And then baby went off with grandma. Mom had some time. So mamas, take that time for yourselves. You need it. We all need it. Let's dive into today's questions because this is not an episode about taking time for yourself, even though I could go on and on about that in every episode. This is Q&A Tuesday. So first question for today that I pulled out. My baby always seems to wake up between 4 and 5 a.m. with a poop. How do I stop this? This is not uncommon. I get this question a lot. Remember, babies go through so many different stages of development with their digestive system, whether they are just starting solids, whether they are starting new kinds of solids, whether you're switching maybe from breast milk to formula or from one type of formula to another. There are so many different reasons that babies can go through different stages of development in their digestive system and in their digestion. And so it's not uncommon that things will be going great for a while and all of a sudden your baby starts to wake up in the night with a poop or baby starts to wake up from a short nap with a poop. So one of the things to answer this particular parent's question with baby waking up between 4 to 5 a.m. with a poop, one of the things you can consider is this. If your baby's on solids, are you offering a lot of fiber-rich foods later in the day that they're then digesting and needing to poop out at 4 to 5 o'clock in the morning? If that is the case, you might want to consider moving the more fiber-rich foods to the front of the day, the start of the day, so that baby has time throughout the day to digest those and get their bowel movement out well before bedtime, and then they're not needing to move their bowels at 4 o'clock in the morning. Remember, 
The hours between about 4 and 6 a.m. are all of our lightest stages of sleep. Babies, toddlers, grown-ups, we are all in a lighter stage of sleep, our lightest stage of sleep between 4 and 6 a.m. So what may be happening with this baby is they are rustling and stirring in that light stage of sleep around 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, and then if they're needing to have a bowel movement, they're having that during that light stage of sleep or during that slight awake time, and then it's harder to get back to sleep. So again, take a look at where your baby is having their solids in the day, where they're having the most fiber-rich foods. Consider moving those to the front of the day. That is one way to start to try to combat this. Otherwise, remember, it's probably a fairly short phase. Again, that's why I started the answer to this question by explaining that babies quickly and constantly and so frequently go through so many different stages of development in their digestion that it's likely that soon this will pass and they will get back to being on track and having their bowel movements more in awake times rather than the middle of the night or early in the morning. Second question for today. Just wondering if I should put my baby in bed at the three hour wake window. And so backstory, this mom had already told me that she purchased our four to 10 month sleep guide and her baby is eight months. And because of that, because her baby's eight months old and on a two nap schedule, she is giving her baby three hours of awake time. So she said to me, wondering if I should put baby in bed at the three hour wake window or say 10 minutes prior to three hours to give her time to go to sleep by the three hour mark. So should you put your baby in the crib at the end of the wake window or a little bit before the end of the wake window so they're asleep at the end of the wake window? Another question that we get a lot. I always recommend that when once you've educated yourself about age appropriate wake windows and you know what the right wake window is for your baby, you're putting baby in the crib at the end of the wake window, not 10, 15, 20 minutes before the end of the wake window. Why is that? Because for me, when I've recommended an age-appropriate wake window to a family for their baby based on their baby's age, what I mean is at the end of this wake window, your baby should be reasonably tired enough to go to sleep relatively quickly. They're not undertired. They're tired enough for their nap. They're not overtired. We haven't kept them up for too long. The end of this wake window is the right time to put baby in the crib for their nap. If you're trying to put your baby in the crib 10, 15, 20 minutes earlier than the end of their age-appropriate wake window, you may actually, you very likely are, putting them down undertired. They don't have enough sleep pressure yet. 10, 15, 20 minutes makes a big difference for an eight-month-old or any infant, really. So if we're putting them down 10, 15, 20 minutes too early, We're potentially just putting them down when they're undertired. They're going to rustle around in the crib, play around, babble around, not be tired, start to get bored and cranky because now they've been in the crib for a while and then you're likely to see protests by the time they actually should have been going to sleep. So I recommend that you push to the end of the wake window and that's when you put your baby in the crib for their nap. This even factors in their nap time routine. If you have a little five minute nap time routine that you do for your baby, then start that little routine about five minutes before the end of the wake window. So you're putting your baby in the crib at the end of the wake window. Next question for today. My baby is four months old and not quite on her growth curve. So my doctor says she still needs to eat overnight. How do I do this without that feed becoming a habit or a sleep crutch? Great question. 
How do you incorporate an overnight feed for your baby when they still need an overnight feed for calories without it becoming kind of a habit or a sleep prop or sleep crutch? There are a few ways that you can do this. Actually, I just posted a reel about this on Instagram the other day. So if you go to at the happy sleep company on Instagram, you're going to find a reel about exactly this, but you could also just not, I guess, because I'm about to tell you, here's the things you can do. First thing to do if you're doing an overnight feed, my recommendation is that you give your baby a few minutes. You give them a little bit of time. Sometimes we're running so quickly that baby's not even fully awake and may have actually just rustled around and gone back to sleep or kept on sleeping if we'd given them a little more time rather than running straight over to the crib the moment your baby makes a peep. So give your baby a few minutes to make sure they're actually awake. Then if you're going to be doing a feed, I recommend you go into the room and with very minimal light and as little interaction as possible so we don't overstimulate your baby, change their diaper first. Changing their diaper delays gratification. And this is how we try to avoid the overnight feed becoming a crutch. Once it's no longer needed for calories, this is where hopefully baby will just start sleeping through the night because it hasn't become a crutch because we've delayed gratification. We haven't just popped right in and popped baby right on the breast or the bottle the moment they've made a peep in the night. We've waited a few minutes, then we've gone in and we've changed a diaper first and then we sit down and do the feed. And that's the next part. Try to keep your baby awake on the feed. I know this can be really tough to do when you have a four month old and it's one o'clock in the morning and they just want to fall back asleep on the feed. But I recommend that you really do have a little bit of dim light on, watch your baby closely and try to keep them awake on the feed and put them back in the crib awake with their eyes open. So they start to understand going to sleep independently rather than always falling asleep or falling back asleep on the feed. So those are the top tips for keeping that night feed as long as you need to keep it, but trying to avoid it becoming a sleep crutch. Next question is about a toddler. My 16 month old already looks like he's trying to swing his leg up over the crib to climb out. He still meets the proper height requirements for a crib and I'd like to keep him in there longer. So how do I stop him from climbing? A sleep sack is the number one way at this age to keep a child from climbing out of a crib. And so a little more information on this question, I actually wrote this mom back on Instagram when she DM'd me with this question and I asked if her child was in a sleep sack and she said, no, he just uses a blanket at this point. So a couple of things. At 16 months, your baby is gonna kick off a blanket within seconds of falling asleep, most likely, because toddlers, infants, young toddlers, even preschoolers, they are really mobile in their sleep and they usually kick off the blankets pretty quickly. But a 16 month old doesn't really know how to tuck himself back in and pull the blankets back up. So if for no other reason than to just keep your infant or toddler cozy, a sleep sack is a great idea because then your 16 month old isn't kicking off their blankets and getting cold or calling out because they want their blanket tucked back on. With a wearable blanket or a sleep sack, as we call them, it stays on all the time. And so your child can't kick it off. But in the case of this parent, my bigger reason for wanting them to use a sleep sack is because it's really hard for a 16 month old to swing their leg up over the side of the crib when they have a sleep sack on. I don't recommend in this case that you use the sleep sack that have the feet that stick out because it kind of defeats the purpose because then your child can still use their little toes as grippers to try to swing their leg up or their foot up over the side of the crib. 
But if you have just sort of a regular, traditional, arms out, feet in, wearable blanket, sleep sack, sleep bag, whatever you'd like to call it, this can be a really good way of deterring your child from trying to climb out of the crib. So that's where I would start. If you have a toddler that young, looking like they might be trying to climb. This is a tough answer because I know that the mom who sent me this message wants me to say that for sure, no problem, absolutely, we can sleep coach your child to get him sleeping great in a crib. And then once in a while, when you want to, you can also have him sleep in your bed. But I have to say that that's probably going to be confusing to a two-year-old. Why can I sleep in your bed sometimes, but not others? Why do I mostly sleep in my crib, but sometimes you let me sleep in your bed? And then on the nights that I sleep in your bed, and I really like that, then the next night when you try to put me in my crib, I think I'm just going to yell at you about sleeping in your bed until you cave and let me sleep in your bed again, because I know that your bed is still an option. And I prefer that option, so I'm going to yell for that every night. So what I'm saying here is that often when we try to flip-flop like that, we cause more protest on the nights that you're trying to get your child to sleep in his crib because you just want your bed to yourself, which is totally reasonable for an adult. You cause more protest in your child on the nights when he's expected to sleep in the crib because he knows the bed is an option and he's sort of programmed to protest for that to happen. That's with a two-year-old. So what I would say is, If your goal is to get your child sleeping in a crib, and if you would like to reclaim your bed, you can do sleep coaching and have your child sleep in his crib. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have tons and tons of cuddles with your two-year-old. It just means that for a while, I would recommend you avoid him actually sleeping in your bed. Watch movies together, cuddle on the couch. Read books together, cuddle in bed. Do awake time cuddles for now and avoid confusing him by sometimes having him in your bed and sometimes expecting him to sleep in the crib. And then when your child is a little bit older and can really understand the difference between coming into your bed and having a sleepover sometimes being a special treat that happens once in a while, then you can do that and you can avoid the protest of your child sometimes being expected to sleep in their crib. So once your child, usually I find around four to five years of age is when children really start to understand that difference where, okay, let's have a sleepover in mom's bed tonight, or let's have a sleepover with dad tonight. This is a special treat. That's when I usually start to see children understand the special treat part of it. And that tomorrow night, you are going to be expected to go back to your sleep space in your bed or your crib, depending on where your child's sleeping. This is a treat. Your regular sleep space is elsewhere. I usually find it's around four or five years of age that children start to understand that distinction. So for now, if you're sleep coaching and you're asking your two-year-old to sleep in a crib, I would have him sleep in his crib all the time. Have your daytime cuddles, have your awake time cuddles. And when he's a little bit older, then you can start to have those special sleepovers once in a while when he's really going to understand the difference. I hope that was all helpful. Those are the top five questions for the week. I hope everyone is getting some good rest. If you are not, I hope you are reaching out for some help because we are here for you. And I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.